0: Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Talking. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Sherry. This is a podcast where two senior SLPs... Oh, good That's worse. <laughs> that's worse. Okay. Two experienced SLPs give their opinions, and they are just our opinions, but um, we're going to give them to you anyway. Yeah, we have
1: good <laughs> ones. Good opinions. Lots of them. We've got the best
0: opinions. So, so today's topic is: um, Are we teaching kids to read too early? And this is this is a big one for me. I'm I'm hot on this one. <laughs> yes, I've heard I've heard that from
1: you before. And, and again, when we're looking at why we ever started this podcast business, it is to try to discuss the things that again we're quite passionate about. But that we have. Um, solutions for but uh, uh, this is a particularly difficult one because there is so much um, uh, information on reading and it's very controversial.
0: It is. So I guess my question is uh, what's happening in Saskatchewan right now and again we want to hear from our listeners to see what's going on in their school division but having worked in about 30 different schools in Saskatchewan I feel like I have some knowledge of what's going on with reading. And in my opinion, there's a lot of pressure on kindergarten teachers to start that, you know, sound, symbol correspondence, start them, you know, re- start them with the, you know, the letter A says, ah, and so on and so forth. And I guess, why, why are we doing this early? and. These are, these are my thoughts on maybe why. One is historic, so historically when in the 1940s, let's say, when people would have gone to school, they would have been six years old and they would have been sitting at a desk and they would have started with the alphabet because, I mean, what else is there, right? You've just got a little chalkboard and that's all there is to do. So there would be reading and writing and arithmetic And then maybe you went to kindergarten and you also learned colors and shapes and numbers and, again, the alphabet. And so there's that historic piece of it.
1: And I even think, you know, speech pathology didn't come into the schools until, say, the 80s. Yeah, And was there any discussion about any of the precursors that speech paths would be interested in, like language or phonological awareness or any of those? Even phonological awareness is, I would say, only 20 years Right. And so before that, none of that was discussed. Nobody knew anything about it.
0: No. Another, I think, pressure has come from the poor reading results that we've been getting in Saskatchewan. And I think we have a lot of struggling learners due to intergenerational poverty. Well, I'm (laughs) strongly thinking, why are we adding reading to something where kids are already struggling learners they have a lot of things that they need to learn before they work on reading
1: and i think uh that pressure that political pressure if the government's telling you we're measuring your success as teachers by your reading outcomes and it's based on that then there's so much pressure for if i'm a good teacher i'm going to be able to teach reading really well and so early and early yes well It makes sense that that uh, more practice and the availability and trying to see kids early but that neglects that developmental part and that assessment part of all the precursors and um, and our early intervention not including that uh.
0: mm-hmm. and when you when you look at because not every country starts reading early for example in Finland they don't start formal instruction until age seven. And yet, their reading results are great. And what the actual research has shown is that whether you start reading early or whether you start reading late, your your end result is in uh, is that kids end up reading at the same level. But kids who uh, started reading instruction later end up having better comprehension. And my other point
1: around you know, why the pressure to learn to read so early. Um, anybody who's ever worked with me or, or we've been in discussion with, I've always said, you know, there's way too much, not just to, to read early, but reading in general. Like, reading is a skill, but it's not the be-all and end-all skill. And and uh, so when we're um, uh, talking about a life skill, I, I would have to say, and is... Being able to speak and listen is far more important as a life skill. And I'll say that because if we, what we're doing right now, our listeners are listening and we're speaking. If I'm at a board meeting, someone's speaking and someone's listening. Or job
0: interview. If, job
1: interview. Uh, someone being pulled over by the, by the police and having to, to use the correct uh approach to, to having a conversation with them, listening and speaking. And being able
0: to understand what the police officer is saying, like how many sort of, um, I think of the wrongful convictions we've had in Canada. And I honestly feel like there there was a language component to a lot of that, is that that person was not able to comprehend fully what the, the officers are telling them or explaining to them, and they weren't able to come up with an appropriate response and,
1: and not just because they might be under the influence of something, but because they don't have the skills. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So,
1: and so, yeah, if I, if I had to say, um, kind of get off reading and get on to speaking. I think even academically, like, I I remember when we went to university, we actually did take a communication course where people would have the confidence to get up and speak. I think every child should have the confidence. And I think with regards to even mental health or ego ego building or, or any of that, I think it's very sad that, you know, uh, people go, my child's shy, or uh, or they're supposed to speak publicly at, in grade four to do a presentation, and, and parents are calling teachers, my child's so upset, they're crying, and they don't want to have to get up in front of people. Well, isn't that too, because I, I still think measures, if you thought of the people, and we're looking at society now, the measurement of success is really on your be, being able to, Get out there and speak and and be confident. Uh,
0: That's true. So That's I, true. I yeah we yeah. Could,
1: we could go further on that yeah, part.
0: Yeah, we, we could expand on that because I do think reading is an important skill. Absolutely, it, and it is. Don't get yeah, me wrong. It <laughs> is an important skill, especially nowadays. It's more important for say technical manuals and things. But but like you've said before, well, why wouldn't you just go watch a YouTube video?
1: <laughs> and and the other part of that, I I would have, as an example, would have said to you, if you wanted to learn about groundhogs, would you like to just read a book with no pictures? Do you want a book with pictures? Would you like to um, have me lecture you on um, groundhogs without any overheads or anything? Or would you like me to show you overheads? Or would you like me to show you a little YouTube clip on on uh, groundhogs well we know what you would choose yeah and sure. what every kid would choose whatever yeah we're, we're, choose. we're beyond just reading we, yes. we are really looking for that those other modalities
0: right so um let's talk a little bit about the precursors to reading because i think there are hundreds <laughs> of precursors and i'm just going to talk this is a probably you know a little bit maybe, I hope listeners don't think it's rude or off-topic, but I want to talk about potty training because if if you have, often it's your first child, if you have your first child, you think, I'm gonna train this, potty train this child at 12 months or 18 months or whatever it is, and I think most of you who've tried it, maybe have had the same experience of There's a lot of tears, there's a lot of frustration, there's a lot of begging, pleading, bribing, you know, just stress, (laughs) whatever. And then you have your second child, and then you think, well, I'm just going to wait till he's ready, and then one day, he's three, and he sits on the potty, and he goes by himself, and you think, well, that was easy, but it was because he had developed all these other skills in the meantime, you know, he had developed, finally
1: ready <laughs> right
0: developed bladder control and the ability to be aware of when he needed to go and the ability sit to still, sit still, and yeah, uh, do uh uh-huh. So, yeah, there is I think something to be said for gaining all those precursor skills, and that's what we're going to talk about right now: the precursor, the readiness, the readiness, readiness for to, reading, yeah. to
1: read. So, uh, the first one. Um, that we have talked about is attention. Um, you have to have a certain level of attention t- to begin with to be able to to sustain your um, attention to a book or to sitting sitting still enough uh, yeah. to to. Uh, um, looking at details. Yeah. Well, so you a, think of
0: you think of the squirmy six-month-old on your lap, they're not going to sit for a book, they're just trying to get off your lap so or they can
1: crawl around. Or they're just trying to tear, tear the tear pages, or yeah, turn exactly. the pages, sometimes just
0: turn the pages. Oh, well, but that's usually about a year, about ten months and, to a oh, yeah. year, they want to turn the pages, okay. turn right. the pages. Yeah, all and those then, developmental things. Yeah, and then they get to a point of you can actually show them one thing on the page, look, a ball! Ball and then they, always oh, There's yeah.
1: recognition. So
0: yeah, so then they're paying attention for a few seconds before they want to turn the page again. And then it gets longer and longer and longer and then pretty soon.
1: But they're not at all ready to look at the details of a letter. On oh the page. No, no, and no, they no, don't no, even no. know what that is. It's no, they don't know what like that is.
0: Yeah. And there there's um, uh, memory as well. There, that's an important part.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Again, you're looking at
1: more than one modality right you're looking at visual memory so that if i were uh, learning to read i'm and at the beginning learning to just story share i'm looking at a page and i have memory that this cat is the same cat in three pages
0: right you know that, that yeah.
1: looking at an image and holding constancy it and, yeah. Yeah, yeah and the other one is auditory memory that i've I listen and understand your sentence. Now I listen and I heard five pages and I, I have held it together. So for an example, there's a difference between a child just looking at a, a page and it says, the doggy is running, and then the next page, the froggy is hopping, and versus a story that's going along and needs you to remember from beginning to end, like mm-hmm. Little Red Riding Hood or one of those. So You have to have that amount of memory to be able to... Um, and then it goes on to, to sequencing.
0: Right. So, uh, yeah, if you can't, for example, if you tell a kindergarten child a story of, about um, a mom and her daughter who go to this zoo and they see some bears and they like the brown one, and then you ask the, a child, tell me, tell me about that story. And they say... Story! And they say, bear. <laughs> you know, but what about the bear? They can't put anything else together with it to sequence it into a story. They know it was about a bear maybe, but they don't know that it was actually about a little girl and her mom who went to the zoo to see the bear. And that the, they chose a brown one as their favorite. That's that's not within their their ability. So why would we teach, where would we spend time teaching that child at that moment the, the the letters the, the the sound symbol correspondence for each letter that's not really that's not really appropriate use of time no
1: no oh, and we do have kids we have kids actually in kindergarten or grade 1 that you would say to them mary is wearing blue shoes what color are mary's shoes and they can't tell you they no. they in their auditory processing processing and their memory they don't. They can't, they can't remember. Yeah, yeah, and and you think, ah, it can't be. No, there are many oh. children that that is the case. Yes, and so they're yeah. not ready to no. be be reading that and then knowing the information.
0: So phonological awareness. That's a big one. Yeah, that's a that's huge one of my favorite
1: areas. <laughs> I think it's my huge. next blog's going to be on phonological oh, yeah, awareness. Oh, I'm excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's a huge area, and it's. It's all about the sounds, and segmenting the sounds, and putting them back together, and manipulating the sounds, and listening to the sounds, and discriminating the sounds. (laughs) So many things have to happen before you link a letter to a sound.
1: And there's a lot of evidence now, and a lot of research going into the whole um, aspect that that auditory processing foundation, if it is not established, Is going to lead to reading difficulties and certainly in my experience in the schools that is the biggie Mm -hmm. we have in addition to language development but phonological awareness and language development together for and those precursors they're the foundations for reading and if you don't if you have difficulties in either one you've got to fill in those gaps before you move on and start again layering on a visual system onto mm-hmm. it. So an example would be, if I have a child who I've tested and he is, say he's four, and I ask him, um, I'm going to give you three sounds. P, A, T. What is that word? Can you blend it together? What is that word? Cat. Right, I I'm not I I don't have that accurate processing, so I can't tell you. And so at that simple level of development, maybe he maybe he's four, maybe he's seven, and that's what he's doing. But at at the appropriate age, we can determine whether a child should have that skill for their age or shouldn't. But if they don't have that skill, we know. How are they possibly going to read and blend together the visual symbols? So what you're asking a child to do is, if you show them the word PAT on a piece of paper, they have to look at the letter P and go, that says P. And they have to look at the the middle letter A and they have to go, that says A. And then they look at the letter T and that says T. And And then they're supposed to go, that says PAT. But we already know, even if the letters weren't there, you gave them <laughs> the three sounds, they couldn't do it. Yeah. It's not a visual or reading problem they're having. They're having an auditory processing yeah. problem. If they
0: can't do it with the sounds, they're not going to do it with the letters. Letters are going to make it harder, not easier. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. So. And another one uh, uh, that comes to mind as an example was, a, a child at a certain age, if you ask them to spell plant, what are the sounds, or what are the sounds you hear in plant? And they say... Pull, a, t. A young child will tell you that. A more mature child will tell you pull, nt And hears every single sound. But then, if you are asking a child to spell, and they don't have that skill, guess what that child's doing? They're going pull, pull. What's the letter for pull? Yeah. You know, and there isn't one.
0: Yeah, show me how. Just show me that letter. Pull, pull. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so important, you know, to the to the point of, I don't know if I've used this example before about the uh, the little boy. They they were in kindergarten and they were to uh, to do uh, draw a picture of something that started with, with W, with the W. Did I don't no. know if I told no. you this one? So uh, they were supposed to draw something with the letter W. And so this one little boy draws a stick with a circle on it, and the teacher's going around talking to each child about their drawing, and she gets to him, and she's trying to decipher what he's drawn here. So she says, well, are you trying to draw a wagon? And he said, no, I'm done. I'm not trying to draw anything. I'm done. And and she goes, well, what is it? And he goes, it's a Wowie Pop. So, you know, (laughs) He needs to be able to hear the difference between L and W before he starts putting a symbol for L and W. And
1: plus that, that goes to the relationship between the development of speech sounds. I don't even have the sounds developed to say them, yeah. and you're asking me <laughs> to look at a letter and say the sound. Well, I don't even have that sound in my repertoire yet. Right. And, right. and that has happened to a lot of kids, oh, especially yeah. around R's or that sort of yeah. uh, the, the sound, or, too.
0: Or, or the child who, if you have a picture of a pin and a picture of a pen, eh, eh, and you say, give me pin, give me pen, and they cannot hear the difference between those two vowels. But can't discriminate, the so yeah, they might hear they, it, but they, can't, yeah, discriminate they can't discriminate, in, discriminate in, their, in their brain. Between those two two sounds, it's kind of, it, you can imagine the confusion once they start assigning symbols
1: yeah. to I, those. I have a little guy that I, I worked with, and he was nine. And that was where he's struggling. the he can't hear the differences between the two uh, words pen and pin yeah, yeah.
0: yeah so then the another issue is visual imagery that's and concept development those are
1: or, or uh, just the visual imagery maybe I'll speak to first okay, and then right. so it, that ability to, just as you need the auditory processing, you need the visual processing. And that's, again, the child that I do the assessment, and I show them the word CAT, and I give them three seconds, and I take it away and I say, what three letters do you see? And they, they can't remember. They, they haven't imaged that in their head. And so um, they would be the child then that later on let's say they were even grade 6 or whatever, they're the child who, when they're reading, you would see that they get the semblance of the word, but they don't see an image all of the letters. So they would read the word, say, superstitious is the word, and they'd read it as superintendent. It's sort of the same. It's a long word. Um, I'll throw it yeah, out there.
0: Yeah, let's see if this works. Yeah. yeah. And then...
1: Um, Concept, Concept development is yeah. of course a younger skill, and, right. and we and we've talked about that.
0: Well, there's all kinds of concepts, but what I see being uh, taught in kindergarten and and pre K are colors, shapes, you know, numbers to a certain degree, And letters and letters, <laughs> colors, shapes, and, letters. and that's
1: a marketing thing. I mean, think of yeah. think of all the toys and all yeah. the little books and everything For sure. all around so letters sick of that. and and. <laughs> And they're aimed at three-year-olds before they ever have a concept of even what this letter is. And we would so like them to have done that with sounds Well, there's
0: so, and and language, there's so many things that they could be doing. Like they could be doing all kinds of adjectives, like big and little, hot and cold, opposites, grouping things together. What goes together? You know, if we have a plane, a car, and a boat, and a banana, which one goes together? Those are concepts that kids need to be able to have. To be able to categorize. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it's um, Those are the precursors that, again, lead back to comprehension. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So if I haven't developed the understanding of, of what a salamander is, for example, I don't have that in my head. I'm reading the sentence, The salamander was laying out in the sun on a log sunning itself. And... I can decode that whole sentence the you know yeah, yeah. sound out every word and get to the end and I don't have a clue what a salamander is, so it didn't matter what i read didn't mean anything. none of the rest of the sentence mattered <laughs> no. something was out doing something. something there was a
0: log something about a log yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and so going back to that the development of those strong concepts right. and and, and, vocabulary. and knowledge yeah yeah
0: yeah so so language is probably the biggest one that I would love uh, pre-K and K, and even to a certain extent, grade one teachers to be focusing on is, you know, do they have the grammar? Do they have the vocabulary? Do, do they have the listening skills? Can they follow a three-step direction? Can they, you know, follow it if you change, you know, one simple thing in it and just There's so many fun language games that you could be playing that would be building language that would get them ready for reading.
1: And I think we're going to talk about this maybe in a future blog, but the terminology of reading in pre-K and in those precursor years, those early learning years, to me is a misnomer. What we should be saying is story sharing, because Mm -hmm. I don't care whether a child's reading, and I don't care that they even, that I even read exactly what's in the book. I'm hoping that child will get pulled into that world and listen and listen to the story and be able to sustain their attention and hear about the characters and the actions and
0: the and make some uh, their own meaning about it and you know visualize yeah, it and yeah. have it yeah and and be able to retell it answer questions about it and then go further make their own story that's kind of the same but a little bit different cuz it's their own story yeah So, there's so many, so many concepts that need to be taught, and I, I guess I would, going back to the beginning of why are we teaching reading so early, I would say part of it is that most people don't understand that these are the precursors to reading, these are what needs to be taught. So, if you don't know what needs to be taught or how to do it, then you just default You just default back to, well, we've got to teach the letters, the alphabet, and the sounds.
1: Well, and and that is true. And and there's so much marketing and information about reading and the importance Mm -hmm. of reading. And parents are buying into it. They just don't know exactly, um, again, the developmental aspects to
0: that. Right. What are we going (laughs) to (laughs) do?
1: Not teach reading so early. (laughs) Oh, that's right.
0: But we need to fill it. When you have a gap, you need to fill it with something. So let's fill it with something. Yes, because the risk
1: of teaching reading too early is the fact that all that time that's being spent on, on trying to get or doing explicit teaching of reading leaves out the time spent on precursing.
0: Yeah. So... I guess the question is how do we get to administrators and policymakers to help them understand that we have the knowledge and the skills and everything that a pre-k and k teacher would need to fill in all the language gaps and all the phonological awareness gaps and I mean I can think of a month's worth of programming yeah, for a we, classroom with in five minutes. We
1: know what the programming should be we need to change right. the model right, yeah. right. so then the, the, the question I can hear you know would be from you know some of our listeners there, there are lots of children who are successful and, and moving through the system successfully and um, so how do you determine which children need more precursors mm-hmm. and which don't? and um so that it goes back to screening and assessment right and and making sure we know have individualized programs for each child and i think what's happened to i i certainly when we first started there weren't the numbers of children having um uh, problems as we do see now and of course that um puts more pressure on the general classroom to try to fix all these kids that are having all these struggles. and But they all need individualized programs. You can't come up with a generic program for them all, because, we've talked about this before, if you have a grammatical um, uh, lag, right, but you don't have a lag in vocabulary, or you don't right. have a lag in speech sounds, or you don't have a lag in auditory processing, but you don't have this particular grammatical problems, and that's causing problems with your reading. It, we need to do that differential diagnosis, and and my experience is nobody's really doing that. I can, I feel that we have the capabilities of knowing exactly why a child is struggling with reading, right. and we could go back and fill we, in the film specific. We programs
0: have the ability to know before they start reading that they're going to have problems yes. with reading. So yeah. A bigger, long before better, they start. Better reading. point made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So okay. So, again, same, same as ever, uh, we, we need uh, a solution, the solution needs to be what the children need versus what's available. This is what we've always done, this is what's available, this is what materials we have. We need to change that, we need to say, what does the child or this group of children need, and how can we deliver it to them, and we can. Yeah. I mean, that's the exciting part, is we can. Like, and,
1: and I think it's not hard. And I think there's been a lot of gains in some school divisions on, I'm not teaching a curriculum anymore. Because they, they've they got such diversity in their classrooms, and they've got such large numbers. They have had to, you know, look at, I'm, I'm going to teach to the child. I'm teaching the children in front of me, instead of I've got to get all of these competencies taught in grade one or... Kindergarten
0: or whatever. Right. Well, that's probably it for today. So, thank you for listening. You know, as usual, we'd love to hear from you. Head over to our website at letstalktalking.com. Is that right? Letstalktalking.com? Yes. That's that's right. right. (laughs) (laughs) To see Sherry's blogs. And also, you can leave comments there. And Cheryl
1: says my blogs, but she has had a lot of input well, in the blogs. I just, you know.
0: I, I, We're collaborating <laughs> on the blogs. <laughs> Sherry's a much better writer than I am. So, for Let's Talk Talking, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Sherry. And bye for now.